You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm Rick Kleffel for KUSP and for the Agony Column News Podcast. I'm here at Bookshop Santa Cruz speaking with Shauna Graham. She's a contributor to the new anthology from Gavin Grant and Kelly Link, The Best of Lady Churchill's Rosebud Wristlet. Yes, I said that right this time. Thank you for joining me, Shauna. Oh, happy to be here, although I am actually in my own store, so happy to have you here. Shauna, you've been a employee of this store for a long time, and I'm wondering, did you ever see Lady Churchill's Rosebud wristlet on the shelves? No, I actually did not see it here. We don't really have zines in the store, and it's probably a lack, but it's a little bit of a distribution problem. So how did you hear about Lady Churchill's Rosebud wristlet? Well, it was actually in researching where to send the story that I had, and when you do that, you are looking for different venues that carry the type of thing that you carry and they just happened to be one that did and I sort of got to know them in reverse by getting accepted by them and then really becoming fascinated with their magazine which is great. Well tell us a little bit about your story. You came up with a story. What made you write The Pirate's True Love? Uh, I think it was probably a somewhat jaded moment of my life and was kind of thinking about uh, women and their relation to men and what they wait for and and what they do in that period of time. And luckily it came out comically rather than bitterly. <laughs> it is a very funny story, and it's an interesting way of turning things on its side. It really t- takes a different look at the way we think of pirates, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And I think it's, uh, I think a lot of the pirate uh, Uh, the fascination with pirates now is with really more the fantasy side of pirates and so you can it's basically sort of letting the women enter into the world of play that the pirate world means to us. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, how long have you been writing and where else have you sold your work? Well, selling your work is, uh, <laughs> is an interesting point, but uh, I've been writing, like many writers, uh, scribbling away since childhood. Uh, I think that it's really only in the last few years that I've really tried to submit as much as I do, and that kind of has made it, I'm more of someone who's publishing now than I was uh, before. Most of my stuff has gone into small literary journals that probably most people haven't heard of, but they have very devoted followings among their own circle. This, this story has, as you mentioned, a sort of fantasy aspect. Does all your writing have this kind of fantasy aspect, or do you write more mainstream or just weird fiction? Tell us about what you write and also about what you read. Well, I think my reading reflects my writing. I, I read, I'm a very general reader, and uh, I... In some ways, I am more of a mystery reader than a a sci-fi reader, but when I talk to anybody who's really reading in a genre, I usually am far behind their level of knowledge because I I just kind of read across the board. But I do like things that kind of mix genres. There's a couple of new novels that have come out, and I'm realizing like I'm just sort of drawn to things like The Stolen Child by Kevin Donahue. 
that they're literary novels, but they they incorporate fantasy elements, and I think that is kind of where I stand in the fantasy world. Could you tell me a little bit about your process of writing? You're writing short stories. Have you started to write a novel? And tell me just about writing a short story. Well, I'm a very, uh, uh, what would you call that, impromptu writer. I'm a improvisational writer, and I, I know I noticed this more because I'm currently taking an online uh, novel writing class that's led by somebody who's very into outlining and world building ahead of actually writing, and I'm not very good at that. I, I I can't quite get my mind around not just having the pen there, sort of letting me, let, letting come out what comes out because that seems to be my process. That's an interesting split between writers. I've met many writers. So who some who outline and research, and then there's another contingent. Uh, William Gibson is one who absolutely cannot have his conscious mind intercede in the process of writing. I'm guessing you're more like that, that style of writer. Well, I think I am, but I also think there's a lot to learn from the discipline of thinking things out a little in advance. Because I have written some longer pieces, and I, th I think they would have benefited from a little bit of forethought uh, first. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about some of the other magazines, because I'm suspecting that many of my listeners on the Agony column and many people here on who listen to KUSP have probably heard of some of these places where you've been published. The first magazine that published me they, is, is fairly local. It's um, out of, it's De Anza College. I'm trying to think where that is exactly right now, but uh, it's called Red Wheelbarrow Literary Journal. And I was <laughs> lucky enough in that one to be put right after uh, Khalid Hosseini's interview after he had done The Kite Runner. So he was the big draw. I was definitely not. But I, a lot of these magazines are they're college publications, but they, they have a, there's like a whole world of little magazines that all know each other. And uh, I think it's, a, it's not so well known to, unless the stories get into a, a, an anthology that's more famous, the stories don't have a big run. Tell me a little bit about how you go about submitting. Do you submit by email, or are you able to submit by just sending letters? Uh, I just submit the stories to the magazines uh, by mail. Uh, I think it's more and more of them are, are moving over to online submissions. But at this point, a lot of them, you you know, you send a finished document to them, and and then they often, if they do publish you, they will ask you to send it to them online. So it's, I think it's sort of in a world, it's kind of in a transition right now. You're here in Santa Cruz. I wonder if you care to talk about how the city and the location and the bookshop Santa Cruz affect what you write. Well, you know, it's funny because I am not a very realistic writer in that sense. I am not very uh, geography oriented, and I don't think that anything I've written has really been set in Santa Cruz. And I, it might be a good thing for me to try to do that in the future. But a lot of the things I write are, they really come out of character first and then sort of the location comes out of that rather than finding a location and setting people in it. I'm guessing perhaps you've met some unusual characters in Santa Cruz? Every day. <laughs> I think anybody who, uh, works or frequents downtown is uh, there there's a reason that the the uh, bumper sticker we have says keep Santa Cruz weird because 
it is a weird place, and there's a lot of good elements to that weirdness. Of course, there's also things that aren't so good, but I think there's, I, I've often thought that the whole community seems to have something that they're doing as their own creative project. Each person is involved in some class or some art or something. I mean, I think it's a very unique community in that way. Could you tell me a little bit about your interaction specifically with Gavin Grant and Kelly Link? They just uh, showed up in Santa Cruz for a day. Did you get to talk to them? Yes, they, they came into the store. I was actually just leaving town, but I was able to talk with them. And I, I had met Kelly and uh, her friend and uh, fellow author, Karen Joy Fowler, when they came through about, I think it was about six months ago. And uh, they, you know, they're, they're all just really gracious, great people. And uh, Gavin was the person I had been most in touch with over the story and had not met. And he was, of course, quite charming. And we, it, we, uh, one of my friends also is now subscribing to the magazine here. And we were just, it was like having movie stars come through basically for us. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Now, are you planning on writing more weird fiction? Yes, actually, I have a story that I want to, I've talked to them that I want to send to them, now whether it will be something they can do or not. But I, it's interesting that a lot of the things I do are more mainstream, but I think I have a more of a kind of, I was going to say gift, but I, there's a draw towards writing things that are a little out of the realistic mainstream flow. And tell us a little bit about working in a bookstore and writing. That I think it must help. Does it? Well, theoretically it does. It, it can also intimidate you and overwhelm you because you are constantly surrounded by really great writers and you kind of wonder why you think you should be doing this. But it's also a good source of inspiration. You can, you can sort of see what people are trying, especially in a contemporary way, uh, the, I know a lot, we actually have a lot of writers on staff, and they, for instance, the whole McSweeney's uh, phenomenon with uh, Dave Eggers out of San Francisco. He's been down a couple of times, and a lot of our staff is just, uh, including me, I'm, I'm particularly a fan of the, the Believer magazine, which is their essay side. Uh, and it's a, it's a great, it makes you feel that literature is alive and vital, and often there, you know, there's some trends that are, in a different, <laughs> they are going in a different direction, but it's nice to see the live pockets. And I think that the zine that uh, Gavin and Kelly are doing is part of that too. It's like, it's not just an esoteric thing that they do, but something that they actually have a fan base for and people who are really interested in what they're doing. It's interesting that you describe the kind of, uh, scene of live literature because that's something I've become interested in recently. Could you talk about the events and, and what kind of people come to events? Well, we get a very diverse crowd coming through for events because it's usually the author has their own audience already. We don't particularly build an audience for an author, although, of course, we'd like to, but they, we try to publicize it for pe to the people who will know that author and have an interest like Julia Alvarez was just here and that had a very built-in interest because there's a lot of people in the community interested in Latina culture all we had to do was get the word out and so that drew those people but we're also I believe we're um, headed into doing some stuff that's more oriented towards what hands-on stuff for uh, readers to do like 
books um, like craft kind of things that they might want to do but not know, not have the expertise. We're going to sort of be drawing people in to do that kind of work too. Do you guys carry a make magazine and craft magazine? Yes, we do. <laughs> it's actually one of the more popular magazines. People seek both those out and we have a lot of um, craft people who work on our staff, really talented people who do shows on their own outside of the store. So there's quite a an interest within the staff itself of kind of building that community too. We've been speaking with Shauna Graham. Her story in The Best of Lady Churchill's Rosebud Wristlet is The Pirate's True Love. Thank you for joining me, Shauna. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.